Say hello to the bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. All right, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. First with us today, we got J-Bone. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And then also with us today, we got Dan. What up? What up? All right. Welcome to the podcast, fellas. Glad to be here. <coughs> Hell yeah. You want to kick us off, Dan? What you got to drink today? Yeah. going. Uh, I'm sticking with my founders, trying to get them to sponsor us. Founders, we love your shit. This time, I'm going with a porter, dark, rich, and sexy. And I am one of those things, <laughs> ladies. You get to pick which one. Now I'm wondering. I'm sitting there. Yeah, I'm looking at you and I'm like, man, do I find you more dark, sexy, or are you just rich and I don't know it? I think you're being humble because I don't, I don't know that I can narrow it down to one. Well, much like Founders, I'm full flavored and from Michigan. What about you, J-Bone? I am now Dan's assistant because I too have a Founders, a different flavor, and it's a Dirty Bastard. Very so, good. Well, what's the, what's the percentage <laughs> on that? Oh, it's a heavy hitter, I believe. Eight point five, I think. Yeah, eight point five. Yeah, they get a little smooth as you're going too. They uh, do once the trick, it hits man. your lips. Once well, yeah, because typically it's so good when it hits your lips. This one's dangerous because it is a little smoother, but it has that edge knocked off. Yeah. So if I drink 19 of these and I'm outside fighting people outside the studio, you guys come reel me in. Well, last night I uh, ended my night with a little backwards bound, uh, backwards bastards. Wow. I'm having a hard time talking too. It's going to be a day. What do you have, Locke? It's contagious. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I finished. Gave you a case of the studs. I finished off with uh, a little bit of Founders in my free time. See that? Even off the clock. Love you, Founders. See, Dan Founders <laughs> offline, uh, so. But uh, that shit's one of their uh, Age Barrel Age series, which is a series that Founders has. And all those tend to be their higher alcohol level ones. The ones that are soaked in whiskey barrels. Yeah, Founders, they're doing amazing shit with bourbon barrels over there. Oh, yes. And I'm a, I'm a bourbon. I like bourbon in all forms. So actually just in a cup, neat or on ice or soaking into wood. I think, <laughs> yeah, in all of its forms. And the fans should know, like, we're smelling a, a maple bourbon candle, scented candle, as a gift to the studio from someone. But uh, I have Buffalo Trace soap at home. Yeah. I have many leather-bound books. Well, and, you know, we have a pretty decent selection behind us and some books, too. Yeah. <laughs> we're a fine gentleman. What are you going with, Locke, for a drink? Oh, yeah. I'm not drinking beer. I'm, I wanted to go liquor. We've had it on the show a couple times now, the French Connection. So I used to make it as a cocktail for everyone. But now I just drink it so much, it's my drink. But it's cognac and amaretto. So this version is Cavassier and Di Sirona. Or Di Sirono, I yes. believe it is. You're doing fancy cocktails. Yeah. But you can you can also do it with like Hennessy and just amaretto. Amaretto is like seven bucks a bottle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. 
But yeah, I made it for the show for the Victor Lustig, and uh, it's just my drink now, my go-to drink. Good stuff, good stuff. Before we get started, we got to make sure we take the time to thank Sixfo Swaino for letting us use his music in the intro. We want to thank Cancer for letting us use his song in the mid-roll. You can follow them both on Instagram. It's Sixfo Swaino, F-O-E, and then Cancer's at Cancer the God. The E is a three. If you're having a hard time finding any of those, you can go to thebadguypodcast.com and you can click through the links there and follow us. We're at Bad Guy Podcast on both TikTok and Instagram and the Bad Guy Pod on Twitter. And we got uh, uh, Facebook. Say hello to the Bad Guy Podcast Facebook, too, which we only got like 511 followers. So jump on that. Like Facebook's like the one of the biggest versions. And that's uh, that's where nobody likes us is on Facebook. Come on, fan base. Who are you sleeping on on Facebook? Let's get on there. Right. In the meantime, our biggest fan base is on TikTok. So I got to learn how to TikTok. Right. And then I'm on Facebook and nobody wants to talk to me. Man, Facebook's so five years ago, man. It's all for the gram now. Twitch. I was wondering why when I made our, like, I don't t- talk about it too much on the mic anymore, but when I made our MySpace a couple months ago, <laughs> nobody really. You can find us on Flickr. No one's really been mailing in for the newsletter either. Yeah. <laughs> it's really been falling apart. We're in the back of all kinds of comic books, okay? It's really me just writing letters to myself at this point. Well, we'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy we're covering today is Benjamin Fine. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. Ooh, good name. Benny Fine? Who you kidding? Man, he Ben Fine. Oh, it gets better. Yeah, I'm waiting for some nicknames. Dopey Benny? That's Dopey how they ben. got him. His name is Ben Fine, and they, the Dopey Benny, Benjamin Fine, aka Dopey Benny. Well, I, I, it turns out he's really like smart. He's a savant. He's a genius. So that's how far I made it before I decided we were covering him. I read about this guy. He Benjamin. is my favorite dwarf from Snow White. Dude, they should have t- as a nickname put the Dopey in front of the last name Dopey Fiend. Dopey Fine. <laughs> So I see Fine Dope. I seen his name and I'm like, oh, let me look into this. Benjamin Fine. Oh, maybe we could cover him. Let me know more. First thing it said was his nickname was Dopey Benny. Like, yeah, we're covering yep. him. He's dope. It turns out it's a very dark nickname. He was a heroin addict. Yes. And we are <laughs> laughing at his pain. Well, it's a sickness, you guys. We did that uh we did that in the Adonis Club episode, Needles Fairy. Yeah. <laughs> why was his nickname Needles? Exactly why you're thinking. Yeah. He's a fucking heroin addict. Well, I mean, the fairy is what topped it off. Right. He sounds like after you shoot up and the With heroin addict dust. falls asleep, he sneaks in, steals, <laughs> sprinkles a little PCP, and heads out the door. So, Benjamin Fine was born 1889 in the Lower East Side of New York to Jewish immigrant parents. At birth, he had an adenoidal condition that made his eyes sag which always gave him a tired appearance. So the fact that he always walked around looking tired, it led to the nickname that stuck with him his entire life, Dopey Benny. Mm. Instead of Tired Benny, which would make a lot more sense. Sleepy, yeah. sleepy, sleepy fine or sleepy Benny they, wouldn't be. Yeah, they've confused the dwarfs. That's <laughs> what's happening. And what was the word? Ab- adenoidal. Adenoidal. So with, something was wrong his with nose. his adenoid. <laughs> what's, I don't know. It's a medical thing. What I, I don't know. Yeah. I just love it. like adenoidal. Something's up with his adenoid. <laughs> well, nowadays okay. that people like after what about 19... his nodal. <laughs> yes. Now you would have after 1950 or so you would have your adenoids removed, but back then they 
like people have like if you have bad adenoids, a lot of people have them removed. It's like kind of like it's inside what of your nose. Adenoid. It's inside of your nose, but it's real comparable to folks that get the um like a lot. It's common for people to get their tonsils taken out. Yeah. It's common for if you you know have that type of breathing. It's like you know same thing breathing problem. It's just funny that it caused him like uh, probably some sleep apnea where he uh, and then the, the eye drooped and then he got a shitty nickname. So he <laughs> just has Vince Vaughn eyes. Yeah, that's what's happening. He's just some poor kid with no no insurance, no medical coverage, so he's stuck with these droopy eyes. And they're like, ah, there's Dopey Benny. See, today he would just get always tired, tattooed under his eyes, yes. become a SoundCloud rapper. The worst part about being named Dopey Benny was there was no other Benny. <laughs> yeah, guys could just call me Benny. That that is true. Like, how about Sleepy Benny? Like, we already got a Sleepy Benny. What about what about? I'll I'll, I'll start acting bashful. Can I be bashful, Benny? I'll I'll become another dwarf if you need me to. As a poor Jewish kid from a terrible neighborhood with a medical condition and a terrible nickname would do. He things are really looking up for Benny. He kind of gravitated towards the streets. No. There were so much other ways for him to go in this dirty little slum. His future looked so promising. He turned to the streets at a young age. I did not see that coming, man. See, I thought it was just a movie. Now he's going to tell it. He meets his friends, Noodles, and fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In Once Upon a Time in America, William Forsythe's character, uh, he had a wonky eye, too. And uh, his his name in there was Cockeye. So So now see, now when I bring up that movie, that was the reference I made a second ago. Now that's kind of cool because now when you bring up the fact, I remember his name being cockeye, like now bring it right back to our story. Now doesn't sleepy Benny have like a sweeter (laughs) nickname. So yeah, he starts off small time as a thief and pickpocket. And as he works his way out, he turns out to be a vicious street fighter and a natural leader. So you have to be led by a dude named Dopey? <laughs> like, that just sucks. Uh, we're going to get the boss in here. Who, who's your boss? Dopey Benny. <laughs> yeah. Bring him. <laughs> Can we just refer to you as something else here, guy? This doesn't make us look good. Right, And you would think, like, no wonder, no wonder he's, like, a vicious street fighter because nobody just walks away. Everybody gives it a go. Like, ah, Dopey Benny, fuck it. Fuck him. By 1905, he had started his own gang of thieves and armed robbers. By 1905, so he's 16? 16, yeah. And he's already running his own crew? He went to prison several times for various crimes, did a couple short stints, and then eventually ended up doing three and a half years for armed robbery at the Elmira Reformatory. Classic tale. That dungeon. Elmira Reformatory opened up 1876 as a maximum security prison. The superintendent was a dude. His name was Zebulon Brockway. Zebulon Brockway. Now it sounds like you're just joined in a cult. Explain if you look to the picture, that's how it originally looked on the left here, the white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like a giant, weird, like cathedral, like situation. It doesn't. look That's like kind of what Leavenworth looked like, but they weren't as high on the towers there. Like. Yeah, but Leavenworth looked way more like castle-esque. Like this, this does look kind of like a castle, but almost like cathedral at like. I don't know. It looks fancier than like. Looks like a cult building where someone stone. named Zebulon would work. <laughs> yeah, with both exactly. like the big central piece with the steeple, and then also from another religion like the minarets. Like, oh yeah, it's pretty towered up. And then you look to the left. That's it today. I take it. It just yeah. looks like a storage facility. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just store bodies Humans. in there. Yeah. Uh, this dude. Uh, 
the Zebulon Brockway, he went with a strict military discipline, corporal mesh, corporal punishment rehab method. So it was like a boot camp situation. Yeah. But he was known for being real hard. He's probably like that. What's that guy in Arizona? That sheriff or whatever? You know, I can't he, think of his name. I know the reference. But in 1893, he was charged with brutality, but he ultimately still retired as a leader in the field with a system that was adapted in multiple states. So he got in all kinds of trouble for like brutality and corporal punishment, but it just got cleared in courts. And they're like, we like what you're doing. We like We're going to adopt it elsewhere. In uh, what state is this prison? Uh, New York. All right. So he's still in New York. Yeah. I mean, when you listen to a lot of those, uh, we've referenced it a little bit on here, but we don't really know what we're talking about. But when you listen to some shit about those older prisons and the corporal punishments and the way they used to run shit, it's crazy. Yeah. So it was like a real shit house at the time. It was like a bad, it was hard time. And even today in New York, there's like a major like New York bus system for like transporting criminals and shit. And it's like a major, major holdover spot to where they got a whole section for transfer buses and to hold transfers and stuff like that. Just because they get so many prisoners in and out and stuff. Like even today, it doesn't look as dank as that, but like your Rikers Island in New York, like it's, it's pretty archaic. They don't treat the guys as bad as back then, but every prison's rough, but New York's someplace you don't want to be locked up. Put it this way. Elmira reformatory changed its policies and its business model in 1970 which is like a fucking century later like in 1970 they're like all right we can't do this brutal corporate punishment guess we can't throw them in a hot box no more well you know now that you know we're in modern time color television we put a man on the moon and vietnam wars going on we're gonna end how we treated people in 1850 <laughs> like yeah i mean a little slow on the change it's now called elmira correctional facility so those are the major changes they made that, and they got they, rid of the Iron Maiden, yeah. and the, that's the only two changes, you know? Hell nah, boy, when I'm in my cell, I'm always rocking Iron Maiden. They can't take that away from me, man. They lock me in 25 to life, but I'm still jamming Number of the Beast, bro. Seventh son of the seventh son. So he, You better run for the hills, brother. He ends up getting released in 1910, and he's back on the streets. But so much has changed so quick, he's back at the low rung, and he's just back fresh out of prison, just a hood, looking for work. So it's like when you start a video game, you get busted, everything goes away, then you gotta level He's not down. at a checkpoint, he just starts the game over. Yep, you're back to the beginning of the level. So the first thing he does here is he gets a gang of guys, and he starts... <laughs> he just... <laughs> first things he does is he gets a flower so he can start shooting fireballs. <laughs> so, uh, he, right out the bat, he starts working for a guy named Big Jack Zellig as see now that's a name of a guy you would follow big that's jack. the name of a guy that should own like r around here like a chevy dealership come on down to jack zellig chevrolet we beat anybody's deal get the family gm discount see to me it's almost like a waterfront bar and grill come on down to big jacks so he was working there they were garment industry labor union extortionists so well, that's they a lot of words right there so what they did is they robbed like clothes from the ports in new york and they would sell them as their own you want your jeans? You got to go through me. I'm the denim duke of the Lower East Side. I'm Levi fucking Strauss. <laughs> I'm Levi Strauss around here. So he rapidly works his way back to the top of Big Jack's gang. And then soon after, he starts his own gang of labor sluggers for hire. And he was a pioneer in making his services available to both garment unions and companies, depending on the highest bidder. Now, just to clarify, because you ran through that pretty quick, he ran a group of labor sluggers, which pretty means 
Oh, you guys want to go on strike? We'll bust up this picket line. We'll show up with baseball bats. Like, that was his racket? Well, that's the way it used to be done. What Ooh. he said. It's always, I know it's going to be good when you give me the finger. The, well. Well, he also told the unions, like, or we could show up for you and beat up the other bosses and shit, too. So whoever had the most money, he was showing up at the strike and beating the fuck out of somebody. <laughs> Whoever's paying. It's, it's a matter of who wants to get that's through what that. He, <laughs> they were sluggers for hire. Sluggers of fortune, if uh, you will. That was his whole pitch when he showed up. Hey, I'm here with bats. I'm here to and beat guys. somebody. Which one's it going to be? We'll either beat the guys in your picket line. If you pay us a fair wage, we'll come in there and make the jeans. Or we'll beat the shit out of your competition like the Rockaware guys down the street. We don't give a fuck. So he was just, we just want to get paid. He just had a group of Billy Club mercenaries. Yes. They like blackjacks. <laughs> was their go-to but yeah in the labor slugging that was another thing is they were legit tough guys because he didn't believe in using guns for labor slugging because that is when it got too serious and then neither party really liked that either but so, a bat is yeah. not too serious when i could fucking cave your skull in like yeah. well it could actually be messier with well, at a least bat then you got a fighter's chance like when it's guns and just turns to shoot us too messy it's I mean, he got pretty big trouble one time for hitting a guy with a brick and a, while labor slugging. <laughs> whoa, whoa, we were just smacking the people with blackjacks and shit. This guy's got a brick? Let's be civilized here. Eventually, Big Jack passes away, and he takes over the whole operation. So he's got his labor slugging thing. He's got the, the union connections, the extortion. So he's basically like the go-to garment industry guy. By 1913, he had monopolized the market to a point that it caused all the smaller gangs to click together against him to try and get like a foothold oh so they all had to join up like the megazord at the end to beat the big monster yeah they had to voltron it they all had, had to, to turn like the california street uh, gang bloods you know like a bunch of little gangs trying to make up enough numbers to be a big gang like they had to fucking station up like bill and ted's bogus journey right. all to take down the bluffs boss that all accumulated in a giant shootout in the New York streets that lasted for hours, resulting in multiple deaths. And, Damn, they had to have people running back and forth, like getting more ammo and more ammo. Well, I would imagine. Army warfare, like when a fight, a firefight <laughs> yeah. breaks out, don't last hours. <laughs> that little pussy dude from uh, St. Private Ryan shows up, like can't deliver the, the ammo because he's too scared. Up him. Yep. The thing that does help, though, it is back in the day, so it's a lot of single shots and brake barrels and bolt action. Oh, yes. So they're they're not firing through a ton of rounds like you would think. Giuseppe and some guys in the crew still have the old muzzle loaded. Like <laughs> it takes two minutes just to put a new yeah. fucking black powder packet in. Well, yeah, this is 1913. Some of those right. motherfuckers no, are still out there musketing and yeah. shit. That oh. guy in 1913, it was in what 1865. His pops really, honestly, could have fought in the actual civil fucking war. There's a motherfucker up front like hitting the snare to let him know when to fire someone actually brought grandpa's blunderbuss to the fight yes <laughs> and all they had was potatoes to shoot at people <laughs> one person's just out there with a wrist rocket this shoot off kicked off the first labor slugger war it's called the labor slugger war which lasted four years but it actually kicked off a series of wars that would last it until 1927 so if you look up the labor slugger wars it's four different wars it just started this shit storm that like basically just never ended where all these gangs were like this is pre-prohibition so they didn't have that go-to racket so they were looking for anything there was money in so the second they're like oh this is some real shit everybody wanted in on it yeah, for sure. In the turn of the century, when it became industrialized, when that revolution happened, 
you don't know how hard Carnegie and Ford and all those guys, those big money guys fought to not have what we have now, like the union and you actually have a right like to go work for the auto. Back then it was like, look, man, we want to pay you three cents. And uh, if you guys want to strike, then my boy Dopey come over here and fuck your face mm-hmm. right up with his bat. Bezos is still fighting the good fight. Yes. Through the first labor slugger war, Dopey Benny, kind of a, a front of the pack leader. You know, so he was entrepreneur, if you will. So he was in the middle of everything. So he was charged for assault in 1914, which there's a rumor that he might have tried to roll on everybody, but then nobody got in trouble. So then he just took it back and was like, no, I'm just bullshit. I'm not going to snitch. He was also that same year. He was charged with the murder of court clerk Frederick Strauss. But then he was let off when the witness refused to identify a suspect, which is. The, the most common still going off. on right now today in that area right now who like, shot you four times lock nobody i fell down the stairs you got four shots in your chest could you pick him out of a lineup yeah he had weird dopey eyes hmm. like he looked like <laughs> do you see anybody with dopey eyes in this uh courtroom i don't know what that means sir <laughs> nope not at all he got off of that one but he ended up getting convicted of a separate murder in 1915 but he had a really good lawyer, so they fought that one. After serving two years, he got the murder charge overturned on a technicality, and he was released. We don't got no info on that murder of who it is or nothing? No, we don't have any info. So I know he went to Sing Sing for murder for a couple of years, and, uh, and he got it overturned. What we're going to do, we're going to take a quick smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute. Recognize when they murder me. Wow. 
it's almost time to run, put on your army helmets now. You're running toward the sun with all your guns, defenses down. Flashes everywhere, the lights create an atmosphere. Water in your lungs, you pray for death, but life is here. You're about to die, face it, you're about to die. Zero sand in your glass, fuck it, you can't even cry. Put a dagger to your neck, just to keep yourself in check. Put a dagger to your neck, just to keep yourself in check. Everybody grab a side as you fight to stay alive. Dancing on a hand grenade so you can die and they survive. Silver bullets in the sky, dropping seven second death. Scattering the children, run, rub until there's nothing left. Ashes in the water, sons and daughters holding flags up high. Wallowing the harbor as the military tanks arrive. Penetrate the border. With this order like an animal Every war has the honor of turning kings into cannibals All right, we're back. So when we left off, Dopey Benny had beat one murder rap, but caught on, got convicted on a second and was sent to Sing Sing. He ended up getting the murder charge overturned on a technicality, and he was released in 1917. And they went back on the streets, and again, it was the same deal. He comes back. He leveled back down. Yeah, and he's just back to fucking yeah. basics and shit. Gotta you... start pickpocketing, get a crew together, fucking... See, this is way back in the day before there was autosave. Well, these kids check, today no don't, checkpoints. Yeah, these kids today don't know about checkpoints. So with having little power left, he opted to retire from the criminal life, and he ban- began a career as a successful businessman in the garment industry. So Dopey Benny was unheard of for 13 years until 1931, when he was arrested and charged with felonious assault with two other associates for throwing acid in the face of a Brooklyn businessman named Mortimer Kahn. Damn. So... He just, after that other jail stint, he got out and he just became a legit businessman in the garment industry? Like, in the sense, like, Tony Soprano was a businessman, a legit businessman in waste management. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, if he was just nobody heard of him for 13 years, then he had to be keeping low profile pretty good. What I think he did was, I think he used his connections to go like more straight where he was like yeah. a business in the garment industry, but he still had these connections. He would still throw acid on you. Well, like, see after 13 years, who knows? Maybe this was, this guy was a shitty businessman, brought him up back to his old ways. And then the media, his story's already kind of scant. So like maybe there was more acid thrown in between then and 31 that we just don't know about. And he was real low key, like a, a gangster supposed to be. Well, See, we, I like thinking it's more like a history of violence of he just went clean for 13 years. Then one day he was like, you know what? This motherfucker don't give me the right deal on denim. I'm going to throw acid in his face. Acid washed that. And he got him. Into a young Thomas Hilfiger's face. <laughs> burned with acid. Maybe no, that is. What if it was acid wash for jeans? Yep. That's how stonewash. He invented stonewash. Yep. A stonewash your face. Now, like the guy, the Mordecai guy that they throw the, yeah, that they throw the acid in the <laughs> face, close enough. Um, were they shaking him down? Does it say? Was it that like where you? Well, they had to get to him before Sherlock Holmes. Yes. So 
All we know is he was a Brooklyn businessman, so it probably was obviously some kind of a deal gone bad. So what I'm guessing is he went into the garment industry, but he was still kind of probably muscling people and shaking them down a little bit. So he probably went straight in that he wasn't a labor slugger. Like, he didn't run a gang that would beat people with bats. No, he's a retail slugger. Like, you're going to sell my jeans? Nope. So you're going to sell these fucking jeans? He's a boardroom slugger. Yeah. Well, we've seen that with uh, some of these other New York Jewish guys that we covered with Meyer Lansky having, you know, became such a big top guy in the National Commission. Some of these guys that came up around that generation, like Red Levine was a guy that suddenly disappeared and you never heard from him. And then a guy does a story on him and it turns out, well, no, he actually got arrested again in the 60s. And then he was at the Ravenite in the 70s. So like you said, some of it's the media. Like we stopped hearing about him. The story kind of ends there, but... We just stopped reporting him as a gangster because now we're onto this mafia thing and we love the Italians and the Capones and this story. And nobody cares about these Jewish gangsters that are, you know, you throw, you're in the garment industry, you throw a little acid on a businessman here or there. That's, nobody gives a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You just keep it in the basement, not in the streets. Nobody's the wiser. Well, and literally nobody gives a fuck because the charges got dismissed. He took it to court and this, this burnt up acid faced yeah. businessman. Just like you that. know what? He was trying to screw you over on this deal. <laughs> dismissed. Yeah, your face is burnt up now, but he's had to have those dopey eyes his whole life. Everybody lost here, okay? Think about poor him. He's in the garment industry. Come on. You know you were raking over the coals on this silk deal. <laughs> and dopey Benny went back to his legitimate life and was unheard of until 1941. When he was arrested in a sting operation ordered by Thomas Dewey. Oh. So So Dewey versus Dopey? <laughs> Thomas E. Dewey. I heard of this guy. Ain't he one of uh, Hoover's uh, guys later in life? Not right here, but later in life, he's one of uh, Hoover's big guys, isn't he? Well, yeah, he was a federal prosecutor. So he's actually from Michigan. He's from like Owasso. Big Dewey country up there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so he was a federal prosecutor. He We're in Dewey land now. We do things by the book. At this time, like in 1941, he was the Manhattan District Attorney, but he would go on to be the New York governor, and then he ran failed presidential campaigns in 40, 44, and 48. So 40, he didn't get the nomination. 44 and 48, he did. He's one of history's biggest mob busters. So he, uh, Dewey was responsible for, he successfully prosecuted Lucky Luciano and Waxy Gordon. And he would have convicted Dutch Schultz if he hadn't been murdered. If it hadn't been for you kids. So, yeah, he's that guy. You know, Those are kind of who's who's people, too, in the mob world. Those are big names. So in this thing, Dopey Benny was charged along with three other mobsters and two Dallas businessmen in a stolen garment ring that was responsible for two and a half million dollars worth of stolen goods over a three year period. So he was spared the life sentence that he was supposed to get for a fourth felony. And he was sentenced to 20 years. And the rest of his prison time, he's pretty much uh, disappeared from public record, except that he died in New York in 1962 of natural causes at 75 years old. Now, see, so, though, when they went to Texas, he could have got the death penalty just for when you go out there and get into the garment game. Don't fuck with them cowboys and dudes fucking yeah. blue jeans, okay? They That's blue jean country, brother. They don't play when it comes to their no. fucking denim out in them oil fields. And dude ranches, you're going to be like, wait... Can't have a bunch of fucking cowboy. You play games with my denim, man. That's like fucking with man's horse, man. Exactly. Don't do that shit around here. City slicker Jewish boys come down here. See these jeans? Ladies love these jeans, man. 
fucking up my Daisy Dukes. My girl's Daisy Dukes. You can't put none of this smoked brisket on that bagel, boy. And you can't take my blue jeans, okay? That's what I'm telling you. Boy, those fire cut-off jeans Mm -hmm. with them pockets just barely peeking out the bottom there. Little peekaboo, I see you there just looking at me like a little upside-down Kilroy, seeing what's going on. Get out of here with your pajama coat. Hell yeah. Earl, take those off. Get this man a 10-gallon hat. I seen, I think it is uh, in Miss Maisel. Where like uh the the marvelous Miss Maisel yeah the marvelous Miss Maisel not to be confused with the other Mrs Maisel yes where one of driving Miss Maisel where one of them is uh one of the rich Jewish ladies she calls like back one home. of the many on the show <laughs> right. she calls back home and her family is in Texas and she's talking to this guy and he's like this real dude ranch you know he's walking around in his oil field blah blah. And then he hangs up the phone, and he takes his cowboy hat off, and he's got the uh, yarmulke under his big cowboy hat, and it puts it back on and goes back to so they cowboying had, around. They had the Jack Ruby story inside of the <laughs> Miss Marvel Maisel or whatever. Hey, <laughs> as long as you put that hat back on over it, that's America. So that's the story of Dopey Ben. Yeah, let's come back to this guy. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Go on. Last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. Alright, so now you guys haven't seen a picture of him, but if we are going to cast a movie about Dopey Benny, who would you cast to play him? I got a picture, it's not a very good picture though. I mean, really, it's kind of cliche because I said it earlier, but Vince Vaughn would do it. He's got the eyes, that's really the only physical description. But Vince Vaughn, too, can do, like, a comedic role, so it could be kind of funny, make him likable. He can be very intimidating, and I could see him being a fucking, uh, a labor fucking slugger. slugger. Yeah, he's 6'5", 200. And and when he goes to his business acumen, like, I could see him as a businessman and stuff, I think he could... Yeah, I think that's a good kind of roles. Hey, thanks, man. No, it's a real good pick because I could see him in, like, say, the Hoffa movie as one of the muscle guys. Bust and physically see him, like, in visually see him in my head busting up the union lines. But really, a lot of different people. But the the sleepy eyes, and and I also can see him as being really good at muscling into the uh, blue jean business. Like, hey, I'm gonna sell my fucking pants, huh? Like, if especially if you just were to let him. cut loose to shoot from the hip yeah. you get some crazy denim garment rants out of uh oh yeah vince vaughn yeah because as far as the story goes i mean physically anyone could play him really besides i mean the sleepy eyes would be a plus but that ain't even necessarily a must-have but like right it is hollywood we can do makeup yeah. or something so as long as somebody could play a tough guy or a business guy really is what kind of movie you want and i just think for this kind of story, you need someone to be entertaining to sort of hold the movie together. So you need someone charismatic. All right. Well, here's a picture of Dopey Ben. I can't. Uh, I don't get a guess. Oh my bad. I thought I thought you agreed oh, with Vince Vaughn. I, I did. Yeah. No, I did. I did. But I have I my. You were like, okay, if he took him in this world, like so, I still have. <laughs> But I can't I can't really but do like, 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 as, like part show, as part of the show I can't say, yeah, me and Dan picked that dude together. So I well, guess my pick the together. only way the only way uh, he don't share. Joint no, custody. No. <laughs> Joint custody. Tough guy, the time period, it being New York, and then the sleepy eyes, the only other guy why your pick was so good, the only other guy I know with sleepy eyes, great actor, great director. I'm gonna say Chaz Palminteri could play dopey mm. fucking see i think yeah. he would 
all the action seems to take place in Dopey's younger years, and Chaz Palminteri is definitely aged out. Yeah, he's an old guy, but no, he's got um, a, Chaz Palminteri he's got the dopey in, face, though. Yeah, like but prime yeah, Chaz Palminteri. Chaz in uh, Bronx Tale, that's the jazz. Like, right now, yeah, he's 110, you know what I mean? Like... I, mean, I, I know, never, Chaz, I can't even picture him as a young man. Like, the youngest Chaz I still see as an older gentleman. Well, he, like, Bronx Tale, he had to be, what, 45-ish? Like, not super old, but, like... We're probably thinking that he's probably younger than we think when we'd be fucking feeling <laughs> This is those New York years. Well, look, you look at Powers Booth, and Powers Booth has looked like he was 46 since he was 28. Like, he's just and, always and not, looked like an old-ass dude. Just like Dan's guess why I like Chaz, like... Physically, I could see him in, say, without a lack of an exact, like in the, like the Hoffa movie playing a, a union buster. He could f- definitely fit the time period. First thing he's going to do, change the script, because he's not going to go by Dopey. <laughs> That's getting cut. So here's a picture of Dopey Benny. Okay. Oh. All right. You know what? Going back to the Bronx tale, the kid, the young Caligimo. kid. Like, yeah, he should play him. Collegimo oh. and uh, uh, Sylvester Sloan had a kid. And that's him. What is, uh... I can't think of his name. Of all the movies, I always think of Renaissance Man. It's uh, Lilo Brancato. Yeah. I am also a fan of uh, Renaissance Fan or a Renaissance Man. And I <laughs> I'm a Renaissance fan. <laughs> a... But I actually get questions like right regularly in trivia about Hamlet, and I don't know shit about Hamlet except I've seen <laughs> Renaissance Man a lot. So I have like to a... be or not to be the double D M C S or letting it be. Um. And that's a pretty deep class. Well, it's not really, but fucking... uh, Mark Wahlberg, very young, not being able to keep a beat on the desk. Pre-crazy Stacey Dash. Yep. Pre-wild Stacey... Dan DeVito, still old as fuck. Even though that was old. 50 years ago. Dan DeVito has... Man, I remember the show when I was a little kid, like Taxi... Like Danny DeVito in 2022 looks like he looked in like 1984. Yeah. Or the only the young Danny DeVito I've ever seen is in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and he's still semi. He still was fat and baldish, yeah. But like, yeah. Here, you guys take a look at this real quick because I don't think I don't know if you can see it as good. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. now that one kind of it is a clearer picture of the same picture, but that kind of looks like Sylvester Stallone to me. Yeah, like a young Stallone. Yeah. Oh, and and the kid that plays a uh, C. Yeah. I think together. It just he looks it like being, a human version of a bull terrier. With it being such a shitty picture, it translated even worse to the the power. No, they did well on the computer screen. Right, but you could see all what we talked about. Now that guy, if you had Vince Vaughn playing the older him, if if that, I know that's the real guy, but in acting, if this guy played the young Vince Vaughn or the young Chaz, you could see where our picks. Not saying we're spot on because this is a way younger pick than we were going for the older gentleman. Um, this guy could have turned into either of our actor characters in a movie. Yeah. So like we weren't that hell, far off. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, we picked. Fuck yeah, we had some good picks, Dan. We casted the fuck, fuck out yeah, of this. Fuck yeah, we did. Bro. Yeah, hell we yeah. did. Well, now you got a DefCon to fuck out of this because uh, now we got to do the DefCon scale, which standard DefCon scale is five to one, five being the lowest, one being the highest. But on the Bad Guy podcast, there's no good guys. So five would be Lee Murray, who's your drug dealing, kidnapping, bank robber. And at one, you got the Purple Gang, who's got multiple gang wars, multiple massacres, and they're killing people on the streets. So on a scale, Lee Murray to the Purple Gang, where would you rate Dopey Benny? Um, I'm just going to go with a good little story here. He had a lot of uh, detailed work and whatnot, but I'm giving him a three. I'm giving him right in the middle of the pack just because the middle of the pack, like not really, uh, 
a lot of death. He even himself said, well, we'll use bats and shit like that. And that kind of violence, everybody, like we mentioned earlier, like you either stole some jeans or beat people with clubs that were wanting to pick at their good three cents an hour job. So like that isn't even that far fed. Like, oh, he was violent doing that. Like, so from J-Bone, he gets just three right in the middle of the pack because there's not really that violence goes with the territory so like you said nobody's a good guy on here but i can't put him up there he's nowhere near a two or a one for me personally i see no i'm uh i'm i'm right with you i'm with that same mindset i was gonna go kind of with a four but three is the middle of the pack but generally that is people that stay in the game more they uh they tend to stay as my bosses and stuff. And sure, this guy getting locked up is a big part of what halted him. He kept on having to level down over and over. But, like, he ended up going straight. And like we said, he probably still did some criminal activity. But he went reasonably straight. But he does have a couple bodies. But I'd say more of a four. Because, I don't know, I don't see him as much of a gangster as much as he was just a young hoodlum. He was good at fighting. He was a young kid. He was just good. Then he started learning the ropes of business. Just sort of, his escalation was less, you know, getting bigger into mob shit. And more just growing up, going to his... He was still always that hot-headed dude throwing acid in people's <laughs> face and shit. It's never a good, good thing to do. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the bad guy scale and shit. But I don't know, I product of his environment almost yeah i i sort of just when i set the precedent when i think of who all i gave threes to they are definitely more into mob shit more into fucking people over than this guy really he was just i don't know just just a little hoodlum i would stick with my pick i'm still gonna stay with the three but i can almost i see your point i could go for because it wasn't that violent and then the two gaps dude he had the 13 year gap and then um from 31 that was the uh, 13 year gap. Then from 31 to 40, when he had another 10 year gap, and he always came out, started over. But like you said, he didn't aspire to kill Big Jim Calisimo. He didn't want to be the top. Any he wanted to lead his gang, but he didn't have aspirations of like he knew the world had a president and a king, and he wasn't it. Yeah, and he was a violent dude. But I think a lot of that is he just grew up in that time of violent, like who, who being else? a labor s- uh, slugger was a job like that was a title if you like, were born in 1890 in hell's kitchen you'd be a pretty fucking tough yeah. you know that's like the oil riggers out out in western canada or the cowboys out in western usa like it's a rough fucking life dickhead well you get the deciding vote watch you go like a two or something like, it's clearly a one um no i think you know the violence when we talk about the labor slugging it's it's weird because violence is his trade but it's muscle violence not necessarily like uh, you know doing hits and that at kind one of point violence. when guns hit the scene they were like yeah game off yeah can't we just keep hitting them with bricks and bats and, and stuff? Yeah, or a brick was too far for some of them <laughs> they're like whoa whoa concrete where's concrete now when the story tells their story that they weren't that type where we're hanging off of uh fords shooting uh tommy guns these cats their first fucking gunplay was like a two-hour long gunfight like hey man we're not good at shooting let's stop let's stop (laughs) we're throwing rocks and bats and shit okay you guys want to put these all down and just punch each other in the middle of this street because we'll do that we're down time out time out i accidentally threw my gun let me grab it time out you guys time out but i think there was two murders and uh even though he took some breaks, he technically that's kind of a lifetime of you know crime. When we got when we got starting dates in like 1903 and then still again in 1941, even if there's some breaks off. So well, yeah, I, I mean think, he's not a five. 
Right. And with the lack of media, though, what happened in between the breaks? Was he really clean, like gone yeah. straight, or did some shit happen that didn't make the the newspaper that his uncle owned or the, uh, you know, there was no fucking Facebook or nothing stupid. Show us then. the emails. Right. But I, Show I, us the emails. I'll I, cancel him right now. <laughs> I do think it's funny that we could talk about how on our scale, on this bad guy scale, a guy that by trade was a labor slugger isn't that violent, really. <laughs> no, we come up and bash your skull in with a baseball bat or a iron, a tire iron. Yeah. But like, ah, that's mild. You know, that goes with right. the territory. That's where he grew up. Co- compared <laughs> to what we're used to dealing with here, that's not, that ain't sure. We usually have bodies with so many machine gun holes that the cops couldn't even count no more. Like, this guy was just like a basher fucking skull. And like Dan said earlier, like, why is that better? Well, because if I crack you in the skull, you might be mentally ill or something for a while, but there's a chance you could live. If I shoot you in the head, you're just, you know, hey, put him in a box. So I give you a fighting chance that way. Yeah. So we'll call him, uh, we'll call him a DEFCON 3. Zach, this is Crystal Palace. St. Norad has declared DEFCON 3. Scramble all alert aircraft. I repeat, scramble all alert aircraft. So before we go, we got a, uh, from listener feedback, we got a new five-star review. So this is from Buffalo Pena on Apple Podcasts. It's cool, man. <laughs> Buffalo Pena. It says, love listening to you guys. Keep it up. The beer talk is a great start, too. But. Yeah, the, the beer talk, that's all my idea. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Buffalo Pena. It is a genius idea, I know, right? I like it. The beer talk originally started because uh, when it, it wasn't part of the show when we started. But Dan, well, we decided, we're like, well, we probably should talk a little bit before we get right into the story. And I'm so bad at freestyling, so I have notes for all of this. I don't have to freestyle anything. You be, you guys do all like the, uh, <laughs> the complicated shit I just read. And the idea of me freestyling even an intro was so impossible. You can't talk to your friends. <laughs> the, the second I hit record, I can. I sit here and I'll bullshit with you guys and won't shut the fuck up. But I hit record, but no, I could not talk to my friends. I've known you since I was 13, but you can't like start a conversation. So, so what are you guys drinking? Right. And you see, even now with the crutch of only talking about our beers, I still barely stumble through that. Like that, I sh- even shooting that from the hip that we've done this many times, I still we almost skipped your drink. Yeah, like this is my first fucking rodeo. But thank you, Buffalo Pena. No, really, thank you. And no, like a lot of that's how it became a segment. Actually, a lot of people like the talking because we drink, you know, different shit, you know. So well, and actually to counterpoint that, I really didn't. I when I was around you guys, drank always those other beers, so I tried them. But I was really just like a yeah, give me a Bud Light, dude. But since doing this podcast, now I drink a whole lot more different yeah. types. And that's how we discovered Founders and fell in love with this delicious ale Founders from Grand Rapids. So Frankie Wonderful. Founder, before he asks again, please send Dan a couple t-shirts, goddammit. Fuck Founders. How many times we got yeah. that? We aren't too proud to beg because I would use some Founders ashtrays and keychains and bottle openers and frisbees. and yeah. Or at least just start with tweeting us, you know, at the bad yeah. guy pod. Say, hey. Thanks for drinking Founders or something. Hey, say hello to the fat guy. <laughs> say hello to the fat guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is Say Hello to the Bad Guy. Thanks for coming and thanks for listening. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy.
I come in last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Good guy come in last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. Down bad, my mama had to be dad Spent my birthdays in the trap, we had to work with what we had She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam And I don't need a hundred friends, I just want a hundred bands A hundred jugs, a hundred scams, ay, ay. So out of money, grabbed a hundred hams Said I don't money, grabbed a bunch of And bands. I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols. Fuck a judge with a grudge, I'm blowing crud for my mental ay, ay. And I still keep it on me, run into your big homie First you meet your dead homie, ay. yeah Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. The good guy come in last place You smell that dope when I pass by ay. I let my money at a fast pace Say hello to the bad guy Good guy, come in last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. 